Welcome to episode number nine of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane the Rotarian, and in this episode, I share a story about a bus, and we talk a lot about inspiration and how difficult it can be to make a change when you feel that others in your life, family, co-workers, etc., are used to the old you and how difficult it can be to make a change. for this episode today is basically talking about feeling alone on your journey, especially when you're surrounded by other people in your life, which may be your family or your coworkers who are eating more of the standard American diet that you might be trying to shy away from. I know this is something that's a big struggle for me, especially because I'm sort of a people pleaser type personality and I find it can be very difficult to walk that line between staying true to yourself you know with the decisions you may have made to be say vegan or raw vegan um, versus feeling like you're rejecting others especially you know if you're going over to someone else's house for dinner it can be very complex and it can be hard enough to sort of res- resist those foods that you're used to and then when you also add that kind of It's not just about peer pressure, you know, it's not as simple as if somebody was to sort of hand you a cigarette and say, come on, smoke this, because, you know, that's a lot easier to reject, especially now that we're adults and not dealing with sort of peer pressure as 13 year olds. But there really is a lot of, there really are a lot of dynamics to that feeling of having to fit in or being different. And when I first, actually, it's kind of funny, when I was first introduced to the idea of going raw or even incorporating some raw foods into my life, my mother-in-law, who was interested in raw foods at that time, gave me a book and I actually, I know I own it and I couldn't find it. I was looking for it recently and I, I actually, do I have it written in front of me? No, I don't. But I believe it's called the Raw Family by the Butenkos, so the Victoria Butenko and her family. And it's an older book, but it's basically a very easy to read book about their journey through raw foods and and the benefits that it had in their life. It's a super easy to read, really skinny little book. You could read it in an hour. And I haven't read that book actually for a few years. And I, I was suddenly remembering the story What actually ended up happening was someone emailed me a question about, you know, how does one deal with going out to dinner at other people's houses and 
feeling that concept of peer pressure and what do you do? And it totally triggered this memory of a story that I read in this book that I mentioned called Raw Family. And I know I own the book and I couldn't find it. I've got a lot of stuff packed away in boxes right now and I didn't find it, but I just remembered the key pieces of it. And I wrote to her just my paraphrased version of this story. And I think that it's a really powerful story. And some of you may have read it on my blog because I made a blog post about it. It's a paraphrased version of a, it's kind of a parable, I guess, um, about riding on a bus. And I just thought I'd like to share that story with you. I know it's resonated with many people. And I think after I read this story, um, I'd like to just highlight some of the comments in the blog post that were there because I think we all have this shared experience and this shared feeling when you do want to make a change in your life, be it for weight loss, for health, for overall well-being, for energy, you know, it can be so many reasons why one might want to leave that standard American diet behind and, and try to do something new, new rather. And I feel that we often have... There's sort sort of, what am I trying to say here? There are stereotypes and sort of stigmas of people who only eat healthy food or who, who abstain from certain types of food. And one thing that I really self-identify with is that I'm a sort of interesting mix of different personality types. You know, a lot of people might use the word hippies or... Um, you know, there's a lot of sort of stereotypical words that might be batted around when people talk about this type of lifestyle. But I'm really a really normal person in many respects. I'm a professional person with a career. And I think it's really important that to get the word out that just because you're a healthy eater or you really care about your body doesn't mean you're one stereotype or another. And in fact, I think it's really needed for people of all walks of life to be really welcoming and feel okay about their food choices. So that's a little bit of background and I'm just going to read you this story. I want you to picture yourself in this story when I'm reading it to you. You are on a bus full of people. It's traveling fast along a road, and it's fun on the bus. Everyone is laughing and dancing and having a really good time. While dancing on the bus, you happen to glance outside the window. And you notice as you're whizzing by this, this street sign that says, Caution, road closed ahead, danger. And you're kind of hurtling by this sign and you think, Oh my God, what's going on here? And you turn to other people that are with you on the bus and you say, did you just see that sign? I think it said road closed ahead. Everyone else that you ask about this on, on the bus, they just kind of shrug their shoulders and they laugh and they keep dancing and say, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see a sign. And the bus just keeps on going. You decide to just forget about it, park it, you know, <laughs> park that idea. And you just continue going along the road you're sort of enjoying yourself and the bus ride is is great everybody's having a good time the bus keeps on hurtling along and you try not to look out the window but suddenly you cannot help but notice this big giant street sign that says caution road ends ahead steep drop extreme danger turn around immediately you grab the arm of the person next to you and you say there did you see that sign 
It said that the road is going to end. Didn't you see that sign? Your seatmate says, I didn't see the sign. Are you sure? I think you're imagining things. Next, you see a huge red billboard. Road ends in 50 meters. Last exit. Danger. Still, the others on the bus are oblivious to the signs, and the people on the bus start to think that you are the crazy one, and that you're imagining signs that don't really exist. Asking the bus driver to stop to let you off this bus is really difficult. Watching the bus pull away while you're standing alone on the side of the road is a dark and lonely moment. But if you're off that bus and it's gone and you know it's full of happy, smiling people, but you're concerned about where they're going, but you knew that you had to get off, you're going to be alone. You're going to have to basically turn around and start walking back in the other direction to where you know is a better place for you. And it feels really lonely to have everybody on that bus look at you and say, what is she doing? To have to ask to get off that bus and then have that bus pull away without you. But once you start walking back towards where you knew that you need to go, something really beautiful is going to happen. You'll see a figure up ahead of you. There's another person walking in the distance ahead of you, going in the same direction. You pick up the pace to catch up. Finally, out of breath, you're close enough to talk. You ask, where are you going? And their story, you'll find, is very similar to yours. They'll say, you know, I was riding on this bus and everyone was having a great time, but I kept seeing these signs. But the fact is, you're never going to meet other people and feel connected and feel like you're with a group of people who understand you and are going in the same direction unless you take some steps to get off that bus. And of course, in this story, the bus is society. It's the people that you surround yourself with. It's maybe people that you aren't really able to choose either. It could be coworkers. It could be family that really aren't seeing the signs and aren't really receptive. But the fact is, if you are seeing some signs, and if you're listening to this story, you're definitely seeing signs and, you know, doing the research and the work to try to get yourself off that bus. And getting off the bus doesn't have to mean you know, I can't talk to these people anymore. I can't eat any of this stuff. I have to go all the way and completely sever myself from society. That's not realistic. And that's certainly not what we want you to do. And it doesn't mean that you can't have friends and family that don't really eat the way you do. But you have to feel confident that you have seen the signs that work for you. And you can't ignore them because you've seen them or you've felt them or you've felt the impact of what eating doesn't have to be raw or vegan or whatever, but if you're eating a lot of garbage and you feel terrible and you're sluggish and you can't sleep or you are tired all the time or whatever ailment you may have, you owe it to yourself to try something different. Even when people are saying, what are you doing? You know, where are you going to get your protein and 
you know, you're not eating enough and all those types of concerns. I mean, you always have to eat enough, but people who don't understand or don't wish to understand or just don't know enough about nutrition will question you at every turn and be, and sometimes it's not that they want to hurt your feelings or it can be genuine concern. I know people in my own family who love me dearly and who I love. Like my father, for example, he doesn't really understand the idea of not really eating meat and he's worried about me and he loves me and he wants me to be healthy and have a long, healthy life. And it's hard because people sometimes don't, and now I'm not talking about my dad anymore, but just in general, like maybe they don't want to take the time to learn more that yes, you can get protein from vegetables. In fact, you can get a, a lot of protein. You just have to be eating the right fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds. So you can get it all. But it's a weird balance because some people will say, you need to get your protein from meat. And then other people will say, um, well, and if you rebut rather and say, well, no, you can get different types of plant-based proteins, they maybe won't listen. And it's not because they don't want to listen, but they might not understand how proteins are made. They're made of amino acids. And, and so it's, it's a kind of a weird line where people already have preconceived notions about this. But I feel what's really powerful about the story is that just because you may be feeling that no one around you has seen the signs, it doesn't mean that they're not there. And the signs may really just be there for you. And it's very important that you listen to those signs and take the action that you feel is reasonable and right for you to have a healthy you, the best you that you can be. So I did share this story on my blog at therawtarian.com slash blog. And I got an amazing number of comments there of really thoughtful, mindful comments from people who are struggling with a similar issue. And I, I didn't really preview this very well, but I do have the comments here and I wanted to just read a few of them because I feel that we all feel that we're alone on this bus, especially when the people that are on this bus with us are not really receptive or not understanding the signs that we're seeing. So I think that there is a feeling of camaraderie and a feeling of community when you know that there's other people who are dealing with the same struggles that you may be dealing with. So I'd just like to take this opportunity to read some of these to you. So these are comments in response to the story about the bus and getting off the bus. Annie writes, this is exactly how I feel every day trying to get my husband and other family members to see what a difference even a partially raw diet can make. Alas, they've seen the signs, but apparently aren't that worried. Luckily, at least my kids can be persuaded off the bus. That was Annie. Sue. I am seeing the signs and I choose to get off this crazy bus before the end of the road. I choose a road less traveled, but surprisingly find that there are others who have chosen to go against the grain and get off the bus too. 
I do feel that that's a really key piece of the story that when you're on that bus, you feel completely like a lunatic. And once you get off that bus, you are more likely to find people who are in in the same situation as you. If you are eating raw, one of the best places to find friends and people who may not be raw, but they're at least definitely going to be more interested and receptive to the idea. And it's not about trying to persuade people to eat raw or not. It's about finding a place or a community that is supportive of you and that you feel is really beneficial to your health, you know, inside and out. So yeah, one of the ideas is, that is great is to, if there's any type of vegetarian type potlucks or, or groups, and again, these can often be, they sound like they might be full of like a bunch of people who are just in a certain stereotype, but frequently if you go to these types of like events that have healthy eating and health as a focus, you'll find an amazing number of um, people from all walks of life, especially people that are just really active. So that can mean business people that are really into triathlons or, you know, people, nutritionists or doctors or naturopaths, just there's a whole wide community of people there and not all of them will be raw, especially if you're like me and you live somewhere small, there may not be anyone raw there, but they will be totally receptive and you can bring a batch of some raw food there and introduce them to it, not because you really care what what they're going to eat, but because they're going to be accepting and welcoming of you. Jessica writes, to me, this story means that you have to watch the signs for yourself and you're putting yourself in danger if you let others, sorry, if you let yourself follow the popular opinion of the group. The majority of people don't always know the right thing to do. Think for yourself. I remember in university in psychology or perhaps, I can't remember what class it was, I've taken many, but there is this concept of group think, which what that means is that sometimes when groups, especially like in a big meeting, a board meeting, for example, and they're trying to solve a problem together in a group, sometimes they actually come up with worse ideas or like less effective ideas in a group because they're so concerned with sort of the group dynamic and not sort of offending other people or trying to, you know, have consensus. And sometimes the results that come from those group act, like group thinks or, um, you know, those group decisions are actually sometimes very bad decisions because everyone is trying to be conscientious and doesn't want to really say what they really think. And so groups have a lot of interesting dynamics and it's very difficult to be the odd person out in a group. Um, And I'm sure we've all experienced this where nobody likes to feel like an outsider. We all want to feel like we're part of the team. And so there's a lot of sort of psychological and emotional things going on there. But what you'll find too is that everyone is sort of so concerned with their own actions that frequently what you feel might be a huge step in a group, like being the only person at the table, for example, that's not ordering, um, that's not partaking in appetizers, for example, like shared nachos at a table. 
you might think like that everyone is noticing that you're not having any or you have to blend in. But frankly, most people at that table will be thinking, oh gosh, am I eating too many nachos? You know, everyone is so focused on themselves. And it's really nice to remind yourself that usually people don't really notice what you're doing. I know if you think back to say today at work or today at the grocery store, do you remember what other people were wearing? Probably you remember what you were wearing and you really selected your outfit appropriately. But if you think about what everyone else's was wearing, you probably can't remember it. And the point of this is that we are so much more conscious of what we are doing and thinking that other people are really noticing. But usually everyone is focused so much on themselves that we're really not noticing it as much as we think they are. Eric shares a story about his own health. I have the disease ankylosing spondylitis. I'm sorry if I did not pronounce that correctly. Which causes intense pain and inflammation in most of the joints in my body. After doing a lot of research on the disease, I found out that diet could make a big difference in fighting the disease. I removed all starch, all refined sugar, and all dairy from my diet. Within three months, I had started to feel a difference. And now after almost six years on this diet, I am near remission. It has been very difficult to try and get other individuals with AS to get on this diet because most rely on medications too much. But I have slowly started to get a few to get on the diet and they are feeling better also. In our culture, we are so used to presenting our doctor with our symptoms and getting medication as the response. You probably know this already, but doctors who go through years and years of, you know, high level university training, I, I don't know the recent stats, but I certainly recall reading that they basically receive one or two courses on nutrition. And sometimes that is actually like on the high end nutrition and food and what we put in our bodies is not taught to doctors in the medical system today. So they, doctors are amazing at doing so many things, especially at healing the body in a very physical sense. Like if you present your doctor with, my arm is broken, they really know how to fix that. And they're really great at that. And there are certainly so many things that we need doctors for. And we're so thankful that they exist. But they are not trained and they certainly cannot be experts in everything. And imagine what it must be like to be a doctor. You know, they're presented with so many different cases every day. Most most of the doctors you and I see are very general, unless you have a really specific medical condition. So they can't know everything. So as I was saying about doctors, essentially it's very difficult for a doctor to know exactly what's going on with you and your specific case. And it may be that you're presenting with a huge, you know, really serious chronic illness, but it may be that you're just saying, Hey doctor, you know, I don't feel very good. My stomach's upset a lot. I feel bloated. What's going on there? You know, the doctor 
is not really there to completely dedicate himself to your health. Because that is your job as the owner of this beautiful, amazing machine that works so well. I mean, if you think about a car and how it works and how complex it is and really how basic the function that a car does, like it kind of, I mean, it's complicated and I don't really know how a car works, but it really is just built to do this one thing. And, you know, it has, it can't really fix itself. It can't regenerate think about your skin and what happens the body is seriously an amazing miraculous thing if you get a cut on your arm compare this to anything we can build today as human beings you get a cut on your arm and maybe it even requires stitches and it's bad you may be left with the scar but basically your body is going to heal itself it's pretty amazing. You compare that with, you know, a car that is going to get, say, scratched or, you know, with the big sort of gash inside of it. It can't repair itself. It can't get better. But it, I don't know. I think if you really stop and think about our bodies and what it does, even with food, like we provide it with some type of fuel. Maybe that's beautiful, healthy food. Maybe that's Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pop all day long. But it can process that food and turn it into energy that allows you to think and breathe and run and stretch and sleep and regenerate. And it's amazing. So this body if your body is functioning well, which I really hope yours is, because I know a lot of people out there have a wide variety of problems with their body and it doesn't work as miraculously as mine does. And I'm so thankful that my body right now is working like a well-oiled machine. But that's not the case. So really, I'm sort of going off on a tangent, but I just want you to really stop and think about your body just for a minute and the amazing things that it can do and that it just keeps on working for you, for you, for you. But you have to try to give it a little bit of love and attention. And it's not that hard. All it wants is sleep, good food, water, and to be moved around both actively, you know, in an intense way and also just stretching and moving. It really doesn't ask for a lot and it gives you so much in return. Oh, I remember I liked this one. DME writes, isn't it funny how when you do get off the bus, everything starts to become clearer. Even your chosen path seems to be more understood. You start to learn how to love yourself first by taking care of your own bus and its own direction. Then everything else just falls into its right place. After that, the only direction you will have to be concerned with is what to do with all the good feelings and who to share them with. With any journey in life, I feel that the first step, even in this bus story, that first step of saying, hey, you know, this is not okay. I'm going to do something different. That moment of sort of getting off the bus, changing direction is extremely, <laughs> radically that didn't make sense, but it 
is the moment that is the most difficult. And once you decide, okay, I am going to change, it is still difficult. But the hardest part is it's kind of like because you have this momentum and this pattern where everyone on the bus thinks that you are like them. And it's that kind of moment, that stopping point where you have to say, nope, I'm trying something different. And even though you've known me as how I was, that from now on, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. And it's those moments that are really life-changing and difficult to do because there's an expectation that we don't change. There's an expectation that because you've done things a certain way, that you should continue to do them and that any change in that. People don't like change. People want to know that the Annie or the DME or the Eric that they've known is the same and it's comforting to them. So people don't, and it's not because they don't want you to feel better. It's just because change is scary and it's scary in ourselves and it's scary in other people that we love and know. Carissa writes, I have been one month raw and the last few days have been a huge struggle. I feel like I'm surrounded by people who I love, who are trying to convince me that those signs don't exist. This story reminded me that I am seeing my truth and it is completely right for me. I see those signs so clearly. I see there is another road, a beautiful, lush, enjoyable road that I can take instead. Your story made me realize that I'm not alone on this journey. I just need to look around and make friends with the other travelers. Love it. She write, I'm just repeating this. I feel like I'm surrounded by people who I love, who are trying to convince me that those signs don't exist. That is the hardest thing. In the previous episode, when I had Cameron on as a guest, we talked a little bit about what it can be like when you want to make a change and perhaps your spouse is not ready to make a change. And that can be difficult because it makes time, the time to prepare food more difficult. Like, especially if you're the one at home who makes the food, you not only do you have to make the standard American diet that your family might be expecting, but you also have to take the extra time in your busy life to create other healthy foods for yourself. It can be difficult just emotionally because it's kind of driving a wedge between, you know, you're changing, you're becoming different and everyone else is staying the same and they feel that what's going on and it, it there's so much depth to a change in food. It's not simple and people in our lives can be threatened or concerned for your health. It can cause some, some definite issues there. So Carissa writes, I feel like I'm surrounded by people who I love who are trying to convince me that those signs don't exist. But I think what's undeniable is that if you are seeing those signs in yourself, you need to take action, but you also need to be loving towards the people in your family that are perhaps threatened or just not understanding or concerned or even from a practical level saying, look, all we can afford to eat is, you know, this unhealthy food because it's so much cheaper. We can't afford it. So there's really a lot of dimensions there. But if you can try, especially if your family feels that they're not being supportive, 
to get them to try to work with you and maybe set a time limit on it on it as well say well you know spouse I really want to try this I recognize that you're not feeling that it's a good idea or whatever your concern is listen to their concerns but say I just want to try this you know I'm having this issue and I feel that I'll feel better if I can try this out for myself and it I will be happy to you know and people love bargains whatever it is that might work as leverage you could say you know I'll still continue to make the food there won't be much of a change for you and I'll be happy to share my desserts that you like and people are very simple if you can make things be beneficial to others um, they're going to be more likely to be responsive to that. Karen writes, my signpost was a dual diagnosis of fatty liver disease and insulin resistant muscles, which caused muscle failure if I exercised and then I had seizures. I stopped the standard American diet abusive bus I was on going full speed off the cliff. I turned my entire bus around and now I'm free of both ailments and free of 20 others as well all because of dietary improvements. There's really no downside to trying something, especially for 30 days. As long as it's something that is, you know, essentially healthful, you know, trying to eat to say, for example, lose weight and just eat as little as you can for 30 days, that can do damage. But if you're just going to try to Eat healthier for 30 days at whatever level you can. The only downside, let me even think what the downside would be. It might take you more. It might cost you a bit more money. But the possible outcomes of positivity? Karen, what did she write? I turned my entire bus around and I'm now free of both ailments, which was fatty liver disease and insulin resistant muscles, which cause muscle failure and seizures. It's pretty incredible. I don't really, I'm not going to say that raw foods is going to cure everything. And I'm not going to say that I am a medical person that knows the completely perfect diagnosis or suggestion for you. But what I will say, and if you go into your doctor's office or whatever medical practitioner that you work with and say, do you think that, you know, if I eat healthier, is that a good idea? I guarantee they're going to say yes. So... I think that, I don't know what to say. I'm going to end it there. Karen, I'm really so pleased that you've been able to tackle those with busing, turning around your bus. This episode is getting a little bit long and I think rather than make commentary, I'm going to just read you a few more and then end it there. Carol, this is exactly how I feel sometimes. Frustrated that I cannot share this knowledge with others. I feel that it is a shame to know something and not be able to share it. The perfect story to make me keep on believing even when others do not. Oh, it is so difficult sometimes. And I've learned that I can sort of yammer on with you on the podcast because you're here and you want to be here listening. I have learned that it is not okay to suggest things that are very clear to someone who's 
involved in the health and wellness industry and go up to strangers or people who are not receptive, family, coworkers, whatever, and say, oh my God, you need to stop eating that. And if you eat this, you'll feel so much better. And oh, blah, 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 blah. I have been there. I have done that. It is not okay. Because people... And their food choices is a very sensitive issue. And people who ask you about what you're doing, why you're looking better, how's your arthritis? Oh, it's gotten better due to diet, blah, blah, blah. If they're interested, by all means, share, share, share. But Carol wrote, and I'm just reading it again because I think it's, it's very, there's a lot of depth there. This is exactly how I feel sometimes, frustrated that I cannot share this knowledge with others. I feel that it is a shame to know something and not be able to share it. Because sometimes it can be so clear, like if you would completely stop eating all that and try to eat healthier, you would feel better. That problem would go away. <laughs> um, but it's not that simple. And of course, we all know f that eating healthier is a good thing. It's not that it's a secret and that people don't know it. It's just a case of taking action on it. And that's really the in-depth thing. I said I wasn't going to comment in all these comments. <laughs> Marty, it really is about the feeling of solitude in walking the path to health through raw food. I had a huge flashing sign above my head. Oh, sorry. I wanted to say above my head, but she's saying I had a huge flashing sign about my health and I made changes over the course of a few years. If I didn't have online support, I know I would have gone over the proverbial cliff. It is a lonely road to travel for many of us who don't have a like-minded community. This is why it's very important and why I wanted to do a podcast to connect with people who are like you and who are going through a shared experience. There's a quote that I love. And again, I'm commenting, but I can't stop myself. The quote is, we are the sum total of the five people we spend the most time with. What that means is we are, we are what we eat and we are what we do and we are what we tend to spend our time with. If we are eating garbage, if our friends and family are not eating well, not, not, positive in not even about health like if the people around you are negative not achieving the goals that they're setting out that is your life that is your microcosm that is where you're going so it may be too that maybe starting to say hey I'm getting off this bus now and I'm eating completely healthy from now on maybe that's not going to work for you maybe one of the first steps for you and you need to know what's going to work for you is changing your friends getting out and doing different things instead of having your hobby be going to something that's sort of I don't know unhealthy let's say maybe you're going to just switch that hobby and for example, join a walking group. It's not even about exercise. It's about surrounding your yourself with people who are going to bring you up, make you feel good, make you feel motivated. And again, it's those first steps that are the most difficult. Saying, no, I'm not going to be 
staying home every weeknight and watching TV and eating as I watch TV, I'm going to, on Wednesday nights, go to, it doesn't have to be the gym or something, you know, like that. It could be, I'm going to go to um, whatever it is, a healthy eating group or a, go to the library, just change something. If you feel that you're stuck in a rut, could be health-wise, friend-wise, community-wise, you just need to make some type of change. Tracy, I think everyone has those signs and it's up to you whether you see them or not. And when? I'm still trying to stay off the bus. I'm trying to figure it out and let the bus go, but it's hard getting off the bus alone. Thank you for the story so I can keep looking for those who have gotten off the bus too. Vicky, this bus story is so true. Everyone wants solutions to their ills, but they think we're crazy and over the top. If we go on about eating live fresh foods to help cure their sicknesses. Oh, sorry. That was all one sentence. So they don't listen to the warning signs and stay on the bus. I am so glad I'm off the bus. Patricia. To me, this story means to trust our intuition we will soon find others who trust theirs also. I am off the bus. Tressa. The story shows me that not everyone is paying attention. They just go with the flow. You can try to help others, but they will not always want to listen. Love and trust and you will walk among those who are kindred. Amanda. Wow, I really related to this story. It's hard to break from the crowd and take what you know to be the better route while everyone else wants to ignore the signs. Zoe, I think this is going to be the last one. Zoe writes, thanks for the illustration. Very apropos for my personal situation. I know I need to get off the bus. I see the signs. I'm not still dancing but I'm not off the bus yet either. I've loved this episode. I hope you've taken something useful out of it. I hope you like the bus story. And I hope if you can take one piece of action today, and it's going to look different for everybody, it's to think about the concept of the bus, really, and to think about, okay, you know, I am surrounded with this life situation this i am riding the bus with these people how am i going to make some changes in order to maybe it's not going to be to get off the bus completely but maybe it's going to be to make your life on that bus a little healthier a little better and a little more true to the real you You have been listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Rawtarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite, simple, satisfying raw recipes, which you'll find pretty quick to make and that they include only just a few ingredients. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. And once you're signed up for that, you'll get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying, most delicious recipes. 
including raw alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.